Good morning and welcome to another episode of I Have an Idea with Lawrence Beckink. I haven't recorded in a while, but there's kind of been something that's bugging me, an idea that's been bugging me and something that I kind of feel that's on everyone's minds, but something that I really just would like to to kind of get off my chest and express how I feel about the topic. And really, I would title this South Africa, a case of a glaring lack of leadership. It's really so unfortunate that the citizens of our country find themselves living under political leadership that just lacks any sort of conviction, any sort of character, any sort of moral compass and any sort of soul. Um, I think particularly I want to discuss our president, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. When uh, he came to power, uh, there was this um, sense of euphoria that was obviously nicknamed Ramaporia. And from what I understand, there were even people that were traditionally Democratic Alliance supporters that although they voted for the, the party, they actually cast their mark next to Cyril Ramaphosa for uh, president of South Africa. He seemed like somebody that had strong credibility. He has long-standing business interests, is a very successful entrepreneur in his own right, had a reputation in his um, union days of being a, a very staunch pro-labor negotiator, somebody that um, negotiated with extreme gusto and was able to hammer out some favorable deals for labor in his time as a unionist. And more importantly, he was somebody that was viewed as, as having a, a moral compass, somebody who we believed could possibly, even under the, um, the pull that is cast by the, uh, the ANC, that um, there was somebody that could maybe bring some life to the party and uh, bring a shade of integrity and honesty. Anyway... Um, where we stand now uh, on day number however many hundred and so on of whatever number level, I think it is clear to us that we have a president that either has no courage, has no integrity, um, or is a man that has these things but does not have the backbone or the power to stand up to his own party. Because for whatever reason, this man provides nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. Um, perhaps the best that we could look at is that in certain, if we try to cast a positive light onto the man, um, when it comes to some of the areas of state capture and some of the appointments that he has made, it, it is evident that he has not necessarily put um bad moral characters into important positions he seems to have attempted to appoint people with some sort of level of integrity particularly into um our institutions such as you know um uh, 
the the public prosecutor and um and a few other SOEs and so on, ESCOM. He seems to have made some decent appointments and I will sort of give him that. I think the problem that these people are encountering is you, you put one body like Keyswetter into SARS that perhaps has some level of integrity themselves, but they're being placed into organizations that are so rotten to the core that on every level of management that it's going to take a long time to to clean those up. I would say that aside, I look at our president and I see quite honestly just a lame duck. I mean, the the, the order to close schools yet again against and contrary to the evidence that has been put on the on the table by people with some level of expertise to keep them open far outweighs, well, should far outweigh the pressure that was placed onto him by the unions. But it is clearly evident to the, the, the majority of people that he just bowed to political pressure and he seems to just bow in every direction. I mean, how on earth we can have a situation where Taxis are allowed to load at 100% capacity, but your children can't go to school. And the way that he, you know, how we could go to church, as long as it was a certain amount of numbers, but you couldn't have your hair cut. And how we have maintained so many risky activities, yet for some reason, if you're a smoker, you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes even though we obviously see the link between um, between the cigarettes and uh, our esteemed Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, who is the one who is obviously um, putting a significant amount of pressure to, to, to keep lining her own pockets. But anyway, I think it we could continue to sort of pick issue by issue, but you just get this overwhelming sense of sadness when you look at the leadership of this country and the way the country is being run and I feel sorry I feel sorry for myself I feel sorry for my peers I'm still relatively young 35 um but I feel most sorry for 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 the younger generation because they are just being born into a country that has been stripped of any hope by the sheer incompetence and corruption of what is, let us not forget at the end of the day, a democratically elected government. So people like me can complain and bemoan the state of the government. But one must always remember the one thing that this country does actually have is a true democracy. And that to me is where the, 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 the most confusing or the hardest concept in this all to, to unpack is, is we look at these actors in power in our country and we just look at how horribly incompetent, how dishonest, and how they flagrantly abuse the trust that is placed into them by the electorate. 
Yet somehow people still go in their numbers to the polls to allow these individuals to repeat their sins over and over again. And the fact remains is that no matter how much we complain about our government, they are the democratically elected majority. And the corruption and the lies and the mismanagement speak to the majority of people. So what does that mean? This has got to mean one of two things. This has got to mean either the people in our country are misguided or misinformed or do not have the right information at their disposal to make a voting decision or that the system is somehow flawed in a way that favors the ruling party. And what I mean is the following. Let's just say the average voter in South Africa is capable of reading and writing, is literate, understands, engages with, on some level, with um, current affairs, and is aware on some level of the lack of leadership that is being provided by the government that they choose. Now, we all understand the history of our country, the history of apartheid. And now, it's not difficult to make the jump to say, okay, people living in this country lived under apartheid and they, the majority of them remember the system of apartheid and they remember that the ANC was the party or the, the group that liberated them from oppression. And with this in mind, they look at the available parties to choose from in our country and we know that it is the ANC, the EFF, the DA and obviously then a bunch of minor parties, IFP, Freedom Front Plus, so on. But if we look at the three main choices being EFF, ANC and the uh, Democratic Alliance, it is not actually that difficult to see why many voters will actually choose to continue to vote for the ANC. Because to a lot of voters, the Democratic Alliance still represents a white minority party in a black majority country. Yes, there are those that can see beyond that, and the Democratic Alliance has been successful in attracting some level of, of, um, of non-white uh, uh, voters in South Africa. However, they continue to be hindered by, um, by, by this perception. And most notably, this uh, resulted in the semi-implosion of the party recently with uh, Musi Maimani leaving the Democratic Alliance as well as the uh, the ex-mayor of Johannesburg, Herman Mashaba, uh, with the return of uh, stalwart 
Helenzilla to the helm and probably the perception of control by white uh, liberal minority. Then we look obviously at the next voting alternative in this country and that being the uh, economic freedom fighters or as I have most enjoyably heard them refer to the Gucci revolutionaries. Um, I think it was over the weekend that the economic freedom fighters held their, uh, their seventh anniversary where uh, self-proclaimed commander-in-chief um, Julius Malema made many um, eye-bulging statements as he normally does. But uh, I think I read one of the quotes was that, and this is not um, verbatim, but he was basically, he said that if you are a true freedom fighter, you must live amongst the masses. Now, how on earth can this man say that when we all know he lives in the lap of luxury in the northern suburbs in a house that's very strongly rumored to be owned by one of the illegal kingpins in the cigarette uh, uh, trade callings tobacco and um, he is well documented and well known for his splurging and luxury lifestyle yet he will turn around to the people that support him and say in order to be a revolutionary you must live amongst the people he so obviously does not live what he says and now if you have any sort of powers of deduction or any sort of, um, of, of understanding and knowledge, you would know that this man and what he represents is nothing but a farce. It's a joke. So, yes, he, can, he is pulling some sort of votership because of his, uh, his, um, his public speaking and his policies and what he says, but however the man fails to live up to what he says. So this automatically excludes him from any voter with, uh, with well, not any voter, but most voters with half a brain. Because some people will say, oh, you know what, we'll look past him and what he does and we'll rather try and stand by what he says. That obviously won't fly with a lot of people. Um, and hence why I think that the EFF can continue to grow but will forever be hindered by its leadership. But it is also only held together by its leadership. So this means it will become and is kind of stuck in a, in a cycle that it will fail to continue to exponentially grow and fail to bring in a different kind of voter from what it already has. So now we start to understand and we look at the political picture and we say, okay, we got this white liberal party, this, um, this fake uh, Gucci revolutionary party and an absolutely failed um, corrupt ANC. Where does a voter go? Where does one turn? Uh, this is why I think obviously we have reducing voter turnouts and uh, we have a situation of the status quo being continued to allow to be allowed by the electorate because 
you know, it's the lesser of three evils, if we put it this way, in the minds of many voters. That might not be true, but it is the status quo, and it is where we are at politically in this country. So what I'm trying to get at in a very long-winded way, or, or should we say with thorough explanation, is that we lack options and we lack a complete political system and a complete political picture in this country. So the, you may ask what the solution is. And I think the best political solution that I've seen and that I think will present itself in the coming uh, election cycle is the appearance of the ex-mayor of Johannesburg, Herman Mashaba, with his own new political party. Some of us may know the history of the fallouts between Herman Mashaba and the Democratic Alliance, but just safe to say he resigned from the position of mayor and he has now forged his, his own way and his own political party, which is still yet to be named, but it was under the guise of the, the People's Dialogue. And he plans to uh, contest the next municipal elections in a couple of different metros, I think Johannesburg, Pretoria, and um, perhaps one or two other metropolitan metros. And I think he will stand for um, mayor of Johannesburg again. And I look at this man and I see the first viable political alternative in this country. He is someone who comes with, again, the right sort of business acumen, having successfully founded um, uh, his own business very successfully, starting this in the days of apartheid. From what I understand, he has always been somebody who was able to work across um, uh, racial and cultural barriers. He seems like somebody who does not hold out a hatred in his heart for any particular people, for any particular reason. And he seems like someone who certainly in his time as mayor was able to understand the balance between where where clean governance and where good governance can actually be used to benefit the majority of people. We mustn't look at him as somebody to say he will be pro this or pro that necessarily pro business or because of his business um, background, but rather somebody to say we need to focus this country and build a political system firstly that focuses on clean governance but it stems from a political party that people from all walks of life can look at and say this represents a new start a a a non-racial a non non-corrupt party that anybody can vote for that does not pre-exclude anyone yes some people might find this policy they they disagree with him or on this policy they disagree with the man and for this reason they won't vote for him on that reason 
Yes, he will come with his own set of policies and principles. But what I'm trying to get at is that this will not pre-exclude anybody. You will never look at, at, at a man like this and say, well, he, he, he represents white liberalism or he represents, uh, he's a representative of the, the previously corrupt system. He came in with a clean slate and I think he has a clean slate. And I think he has a opportunity to offer a viable alternative to our electorate besides from the somewhat stale and um, somewhat limited political options that we have. So yes, for, for Mr. Mashaba, a lot of work still... Um, still exists to be done. I understand he is building structures from the ground up, trying to um, build presence in, in different wards uh, where he, he aims to, to compete. And I myself have also um, joined to some degree in this, this initiative. And I myself believe as well that... Um, the country is ready for a new uh, political alternative. So I think to those that are interested, keep your eyes out, keep listening. Uh, remember that there always is hope. As sad as uh, the, the economic and social landscape is at this present time, understand sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. And to somebody who listens, who says, you know what, I'm looking for a new political alternative. I'm, I would like to be a part of change in this country. I uh, feel welcome to, uh, to drop me a message, um, to get in touch with the, um, the volunteer structure for, for this new party. And I'll be happy to point you in the right direction and or get you on board. And ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, with that thought, I would just, I would ask us all to, to, to stay positive, to stay hopeful, and to remember that each and every one of us are an opportunity for change, and that only by standing together and only by making our voices heard and turning that into action, can we turn this country around from where it is going to be a place that will provide a beacon of hope for our future generations. Do not stand by idly while the future of your children is stolen from under your very gaze. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Lawrence Beckink and that was my idea for the day.